0: All right, everybody. This is Pastor Blair Blakesley, and I'm excited to be here today, or night, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, I'm here to spread the good news, or should I say, blaring the good news of Jesus. Um, boy, I just uh, really, I just want to say thank you again to everybody who who listens to this. I have been able to see people like in Walmart or um, on Facebook made a comment about something that they're doing, and they've and just the The feedback that have come, like, hey, I've been listening to your podcast, and hey, I really enjoyed listening to your podcast, and hey, I I really like that one point you made, and blah, blah, blah. I I appreciate the feedback. So these are challenges. Today's challenge is uh, called Points Your Family to Jesus, and that's uh, chapter nine of the devotional book. If if you're following along, if you're not, you can still get it. 40-day devotional challenge, uh, plus one. It's a devotional that the Lord led me to write, and it's all about putting your faith in the practice. So today we're going to talk about, it's the challenge is pointing our family to Jesus. Um, and in doing this, I, I'm going to be telling you a story about two men who got in a little bit of trouble and ended up in prison. And while they're in prison, something amazing happens to the jailer or the prison guard. And uh, just an, an amazing—I'll I'll, say—transformation, amazing transformation. But uh, the story is going to be taken from Acts chapter 16, and I have my cell phone with me, and it's plugged in because it's almost dead. So, and this is what's keeping my podcast functioning actually, because I'm using the hotspot. But we're going to be in Acts 16, starting at verse 16, and we're just going to go through uh, the. Verse thirty-four, but but here's what's here's what's going on. Um, Paul and Silas are staying at this lady's house, and um, she's a godly woman. She's like, "Hey, I, I would love for you to stay here so that you can serve in our community." So Paul and Silas they're they're on their way to the temple to go to pray, and on their way there, this this slave girl is following them, and she has a demon inside of her and she predicts the future and this lady makes a lot of money for her owners and they love to see her go out there and they don't care that she's demon possessed she goes out there and people just come up there they they want to hear about their future and can you predict what's going to happen people don't do that today though do they right anyway so uh They're just making lots of money. And after after quite a while, I mean, they're following and and they're very this lady's following Paul and Silas, and is very annoying to them. And finally, Paul just turns around and says, in the name of Jesus, get out of there. And boom, this demon leaves this slave girl, and now she's she's set free. Now she's she's not going to be predicting the future. I mean, the 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 owners were furious because they were making good money off from this slave girl and so they're furious with Paul and Silas and they they grab a hold of them they take them to the the magistrates the uh the city leaders and say you know they just make up story these guys are preaching this horrible stuff to us to us Romans and they're they're evil and something needs to happen well now the people who also would go to her I mean the city's they're, they're mad too so they're they're telling the magic oh yeah yeah these are these are two horrible people blah 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 blah. And they just went on well finally the magic it's like okay well let's beat them let's beat them go take them and and beat them they strip them of their clothes and just beat them I mean severely so they end up going to uh, to prison um, and they're put in the 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 most inner part of the prison because they, they don't like them. They're angry with them, and they don't want to get get set free. They don't want them to escape, so they put them in the inner, the most inner part of the prison,
1: and they tell tell the jailer, "Listen, you guard them, and you make sure they don't get out. Because if they got out, that guard, that guard, that prison guard would be executed.
0: He'd be killed, because you don't let people free out of the prison and so this guy i mean he took them to the most inner part and shut the gate locked the gate oh forgot that while they're in their little prison cell they also changed their hands and feet so he's doubly making sure these guys are not going to be set free And, and then he locks the gate as well and you know they're they're in this prison where there's a bunch of other people there as well so it's around midnight and Paul and Silas I mean this is amazing to me here's two guys that are serving for serving Jesus proclaiming Christ and they get beat and now it's about midnight and they're they're chained up and they're like hey we're we're gonna keep praising our God and they just start singing praise songs, and declaring glory to God, and they're just, all this stuff is going on, and all of a sudden, while they were praising the Lord, the Spirit of God just showed up in an earthquake, and shook the prison, so that the chains fell off people's hands and feet, and, and the prison gates, uh, to the cells were opened up, and here's, this prison guard he's he's sound asleep and boy he wakes up and he he sees all these doors open and so he's under the assumption that everybody got set free i mean everybody's free and he's in panic mode because he knows he's going to be killed and he just didn't want to be the, have done tor- you know as a torture he doesn't want to have to go up there and say hey uh something really crazy happened um they're not going to accept that so he grabs a sword and he he's ready to to put himself to death you know suicide and paul saw him pick up the sword and saw what he's going to do and paul and it says paul shouted don't harm yourself i mean he shouted don't harm yourself we're all here we're all here look see look we're all here nobody's left and the and the jailer was so convicted by the spirit of god he just he's like he asked for the lights and Boy, the lights came and he just, under conviction, I mean, he knew there's this was a miracle from God. He knew it was a miracle. And he knew his life was not where it needed to be with Christ. And boy, he just came and fell before Paul, the the feet of Paul and Silas. And he says, What must I do to be saved? And, uh,
1: I'm just going to get down here to that passage. Um, also, don't harm me. so The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell
0: trembling, trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus. Listen, that's that's the start that is the start. When you think of your family, that's the start of pointing people to Jesus, is the salvation of one's soul. Giving having a faith in Christ for the forgiveness of sins to walk in a new life. And so they said, believe in the name of Jesus and you'll be saved. Not just you. This isn't just for you, it's it's for your your whole household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and, and to all the others in his
1: house. I mean, listen, it's past midnight now. They, this jailer
0: was so excited about this relationship with the Lord. It says at that hour of the night, the jailer took them. I mean, this is just crazy. I mean, here's a jailer who's like, hey, you guys, I ain't putting up with your garbage. I'm going to chain you up and you know, you get chained up your moves. I mean, it's, you're going to have sores. Plus they just got beaten uh, probably mostly on their back, but but not necessarily could have been on the head. Jesus was struck on the head over in their body. I mean, they they had wounds now. I mean, they're just, they're messed up physically, bruises and everything. And it says the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Can you imagine, can you imagine if one of the magistrates, was down there in this prison and just kind of watching all this. And watching this jailer, I mean, they would just be fit. To, they would just, they'd be executing him as soon as possible, this jailer. I mean, watching him wash the wounds of the prisoners, Paul and Silas. I mean, that's just crazy. And uh,
1: wash their wounds. And then immediately, he and his household were baptized. The jailer took Paul and Silas home to his
0: home in the middle of the night when they're supposed to be in prison. He takes them out of prison to his house because, I mean, he could be killed if something they find out he's a goner. But listen, it, it was a risk he was willing to take in order to help point his family to
1: Jesus. Man, I'm just wondering what, what risks we're willing to make to help point our, our family to Jesus.
0: And not only, not only did he get him and his family get baptized. I'll tell you what, and, and baptism, I think, is awesome. You don't have to be baptized to be saved, but baptism is a, is a testimony to other people. When you're baptized and people see that, what you're saying is, hey, I'm, th- my testimony is I, I've given my life to the Lord and I want to be go into this water as a sim, symbolizing that off with the old self of sin and on with the new life in Christ. And that's that's a testimony to other people like, hey, well, wow, he just got baptized. Um, and they may not understand, but some people do understand that that's a commitment to be transformed by the Holy Spirit and to walk in newness with Christ. So that was that was these guys, and then and then we I mean, can you imagine the magistrates, you know, watching this. Then he feeds them. The jailer gives them food, fixes them a meal for them to eat. Like he takes really good care of them. Like who does that? A, a, what guard would do that for a prisoner? And, and then it says the the jailer was filled
1: with joy because he had come to believe in God through Jesus. It said he and his whole household wow that to me is, is just a is a beautiful
0: thing and, and and it's a challenge I mean it's a challenge to me but how how can I help point my family more and more to Christ
1: um
0: I not I just just let it be like oh I'm gonna try this for one day no I, I want Christ to be so full in my life so filled in my life that a affects every aspect of what I do and what I say and the choices that I make that that becomes a witness and testimony to my family that they see the new person. and, and hopefully they'll see it the newness as, as something awesome and attractive that, that they'll want that too. So to me, when you if you're going to take the challenge to point your family to Jesus, you start, you start the whole process and you surrender your life to Christ for forgiveness of sins. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Make me a new person. I want to walk with you and I want to be a, a role model for my family as well. And let that be your heart and let that be
1: your prayer. And listen, we're, you know, I want to be careful here. Because everybody's at different places with
0: the Lord and with their family, and I don't want to say one one family is better than another family. I'm just saying it doesn't matter where you're at. God is God just wants to take you today and and change change your your life, change your heart, change your family. So uh, you know you could be a family that's like. Hey, I, I'm not even saved. I mean, I, you know. You mentioned this how the jailer got saved, I, and except Jesus, you know, asked, believe in the name of Jesus. I, I, I don't even. I've never done that. I, I don't even know what. I never. I don't even go to church. I don't even have a Bible for crying out loud. Or, or you might be the person who says, "Wow, I, you know, I, I gave my life to Jesus when I was when I was younger, but." Man, that was 30 years ago. I've got to be honest. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not walking with the Lord. I mean, I don't, I don't do anything with my family anymore with, with the Lord. Eh? Look, you might even you might even have like regrets. You might even look back and go, wow, this is how did I get here? How do I get where I'm at? I know this is not where I'm supposed to be. Or you might be, you know, you might be that that church family. That family that's like, hey, man, we, we love Jesus and we're, we're serving faithfully. Honestly, I don't care where you. I don't care if you're the, the non-believer, the regretful believer or the faithful believer.
1: I, I don't care. I don't I don't care where you're at. All I care about is today. Today, because if
0: you take the what God said, today's the day of salvation today is today's an opportunity for the unsaved to say i do want jesus into my life and i'm i want to have the joy that the jailer had so that i could go tell my family hey guys sit down i want to tell you something i just i just gave my life to jesus and i want to share it with you because i would love for all of us to do that and they may do it they may not do it but i would love to hear that testimony i would love to hear that maybe you're the family that's like you know the regretful family look i I don't care all i know is this god loves you and all you have to do is god i I am sorry for the past i'm sorry and he's and he's forgiven you that's it boom now he's like okay what are we going to do today let's do this together you and i your your family and i let's do this together and tomorrow will be a new day of new opportunities, and the day after will be new days of new opportunities.
1: And for those who are faithfully serving, well, let me just tell you this: thank you for faithfully serving the Lord. But at the same time, I'm going to say, none of us are perfect. You know, as we as we go into this uh, this challenge. I mean, I would love to give some suggestions, but here's, here's the assumption that I'm gonna operate under. None of us are, are perfect. None of us, we've all messed up. And I can, I
0: can look back and say, here's some things that I did that were, that were wonderful and just really had an impact on my family. But, but here's some things that I did or said that I, I wish I could take back. I've, I've asked for forgiveness. I've messed up and I'm, I don't even want to talk about it. Cause I'm, I'm ashamed of it. Um, none of us are perfect. I'm not a professional parent. You're looking for a professional parent. That's me. The, only, the closest I'll ever come to being a professional parent is if I jokingly say I'm a professional parent, which does remind me of a story. Um, and, and I'll tell it to you. There's, there's four couples, eight of us that went out for dinner at this restaurant and, uh, we're sitting at the table, kind of waiting for our food, and just all chatting and stuff. And and my wife and I are sitting here, and there's a couple sitting across from us. And the one, the wife of that one couple, I'll, I'm not going to say any names. I'll probably make up. I will just say her name is Mary. Um, she started talking about her kids, and she was like, "Man, I don't know. I don't know what it is about two of my two of my kids. They fight all the time. I don't. I don't get it. I don't know why they do that all the time. It, it just seemed like when when's it going to come to an end?" And and then she said, you know, your girls seem so nice. It, it seem like they they never fight. Why, why is that? Well, I mean, what, what are you doing that, that they're, you know, they don't fight like that? And I looked at her like, like real serious, like I have great words of wisdom to give her. And I said, Mary, that's because we're good parents. Now, I thought that was funny. I hope she thought it was funny. In fact, she might even be watching this. So she thinks it's, think it's funny, then it text me. No, it was just, you know, joking around. But I want to give some suggestions. And I would love to hear your suggestions back or testimonies of what you're doing, things that have worked, things that you know, I would love to hear that because I just want to, I mean, I'm looking for as many examples as I can get. But here's some, some of the thoughts. Um, be, be a family that starts out with prayer. I mean, start to implement prayer into your family. That's that's communication with God. And so if you're sitting at the table ready to eat, just say, hey, we're going to thank God for our food. Let's do that. And, and just let it be a teaching moment. Hey, we wouldn't have this food if it wasn't for God. Giving us gifts and abilities and the opportunity to work and, and uh, to have a job and make money. Da, 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 da. Let's We're just going to thank him. And then make that a part of your everyday life. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, whenever you guys are together, man, just take the time to pray. But uh, something that I I always did with my girls as they were growing up, I would pray with them, pray with them at night. And it was just a routine thing. It just became the the norm that I was going to pray with them at night. And sometimes I'd get in trouble because, you know, praying at, at night wasn't just praying at night. It was talking with them and just Hearing about their day, or asking, you know, hey, is it what? What can is there anything I can pray for you about? Or um, just having a time of joking and laughing and connecting, and just having a, a time of bonding with each other. And to me, that was special. You know, praying is special, but but having that bonding time was special. So just pray with your kids at night, and just. If they if they want to pray, great, let them pray. If they, they're not ready to pray, then you just you're the role model. you be the example. and uh, kids, if you know young kids or older kids or whatever if you're watching this, you know just I would love for for you to say to your parents, hey um, I'd like to I'd like us to pray together at night, every night or at meals or whatever. So those are just two thoughts. Um, we love to do activities with our girls if there was a concert that came up, we didn't go to every concert that ever was out there, but we would try and go to to a few Christian concerts because we wanted the girls just to be able to, to be in an environment that promoted Christ. Because to me, that's the most important thing. So I remember like going to point of grace concert. The girls loved point of grace. They loved that group. And we got a CD and we, we put it in our, um, CD player when we're in the vehicle. I mean, we played it at home, but when we go on a little trip, I mean, we put that in there and we sang Point of Grace song after song after song after song. And once we got through the whole thing, we'd start all over again because the girls loved, loved to, to sing the Point of Grace songs. And and we did. We we all four of us would be in the vehicle just singing together, loud and clear. Maybe not clear, but certainly loud. And uh, it was just a wonderful time. And so we and when I would speak at camps, they'd say, yeah, your your family can come and, you know, give you a room that all four of you can stay in. Well, the girls were little, but they loved that camp. They would love going to camp with these big teenage kids and, and they just loved on our girls and and uh, boy, and then they wanted to go to camp. So then they started going to camp and it was just another opportunity to be. In an environment to hear about Christ and challenge challenge the kids to to walk with the Lord faithfully. So there's just you know different things that that you could do with your kids. Uh, we got involved in the church when our kids were grown up. When there was a children's ministry going on, we became a part of it because we wanted to be a part of it with them. And uh, so it was Awanas, and then then it was a youth group, and um, it was just just an opportunity to to be with be with our kids, and I was the youth leader. So, um, I mean, just I just can't tell you like like when we would like the one camp that we went to, um, they taught the kids how to share their faith, and then they would have them practice it, and and then if they you know completed the, the process, they got like an award. And I just remember, you know, our girls doing it and Megan was the youngest one. And she, you know, I thought, you know, she's not going to be able to do this, you know? And, uh, and she, you know, I I don't know if it was just me or if it was me. And the trainer was said, look, you don't have to do this. You're, you're pretty young, but she was determined. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. And, you know, that, that makes a dad proud. You know what I'm saying? So, uh she went and did the study and then ended up going to the guy and, and did the, did what the presentation and, and got, got the award and just, you know, proud, proud of her about that. And as any of us would be proud of anything that they do successfully or, or put great effort into.
1: So, um, you know, I, You know, this is this is tough i mean church church to me is just important
0: i mean hebrews 10 25 says do not do not forsake or give up meeting together in the church as some people are in the habit of doing because church is just like it's it's kind of a an inconvenience you know when you've got your kids in 10 different sports and it's on sundays like we you just don't have time for church and I just want to tell you I have had kids say to me and even the parent come and say to me my kid is missing church I mean my kid is saying to me I miss going to church because I'm getting the temptations at school And I don't, and I'm, and I'm caving to the temptation. I don't want to cave to the temptation. I I want to get back to church because that's that refreshes my spirit and just helps me to get focused where I need to be. I don't want church to be something that is like you have this box and it's it's Sunday. Check, we went, we went to church. I just checked the box. I don't I don't want it to be that. I want it to be a real thing like man, we're we're going to church because we don't we don't want to be involved in a religion where we just check a box. We we want to be involved in a relationship with the one true God. And so we're going to go and boy we want to get fed. I mean, we love to eat food physically, but we need to feed ourselves spiritually so we don't die spiritually. So we're going to go to church because we want a relationship that's real with God. And we're going to go to Sunday school because I want the kids to be with kids that they're going to see in school. I'm not just going to set them next to me in the pew at church and they don't get the fellowship with the other kids or whatever. I, I want them to hang out with other Christian kids and, and get that affirmation of their faith and the encouragement that they need and, and be challenged in their faith block so they could be a light in a dark world it can be a light in the school rather than somebody walking in darkness and just fearful of the temptations or giving in to the temptation. So to me, church is real important. If you can get your family to go and 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 maybe you maybe you can't. Um, and then I would just say this. If you're like, look, I'm the only one that's that even wants to do this. My spouse and my kids don't even want to be a part of this, this church thing and Jesus thing. Okay great, then they're not ready for it. And this is this is my suggestion. And I've done this, not with my family, but I've done this with my my family outside of my wife and my two kids. But I've done prayer walks. Like in the house that you're living in, you just, just when you're having, when you're isolated by yourself, just go into each room of your kids, your, your spouse, and just pray for them. Lord, this is my, this is my son. This is my daughter. This is my spouse. I love them. And Lord, I just pray that you, your spirit would help help me to be the witness I need to be. Help me to love them regardless whether they come to you or not right now. Just help me to love them today and tomorrow and the next day. Let them see the love of Jesus in me, that they'll want that. And, and, and just pray for them. And just trust God to knock on the door of their heart. Because he'll do that. Because he loves them, he wants to see him come to know him more than you do. So he's going to knock on the door of their heart and make himself known to them. We we'll just pray that they'll come and come and give their lives to the Lord. Um, and just last, I want to say, pointing people, pointing your family to Jesus isn't just the you know the the Bible time and the praying time and the, the devotional time that you do at night or at the dinner or isn't just the the Sunday school church thing. It's it's just spending time. With your family, that to me is is another great way to point them to Jesus. Now, if you just did, if that's all you did to me, I'd say, well, that's that's not enough. I mean, you know, I, we're just going to do fun stuff, and I'm not even going to talk about Jesus. And that's that's not cool. I, you have your Jesus time, then you have your fun time with Jesus, where you're just doing fun activities, just doing something fun for the family. And if you have to sacrifice some of your hours that you spend, oh, I got to do this work today or whatever. Uh, make some sacrifices and get with your family. My wife is great with this having family time planning family activity boom and get connected with your family with fun stuff and and with the fun stuff of Jesus and the fun stuff of games whatever so hey that's that's what I have and I would really I would love to hear some testimonies. I'd love to hear some comments or whatever so I love you. Looking forward to next week. And uh, just thank you for being a part of this tonight
1: or today, whenever you're watching this. All right. God bless you guys. You take care. And let's see if I can get this. See ya.